0: Uh, I have an older brother, he's two years older than I am, his name is Mike. Uh, when Mike and I were growing up, uh, as he got older, his taste in music uh, uh, varied from my parents' taste in music. Like he just listened to some stuff that, that they didn't maybe appreciate as much as he did. And so they would hear my brother play his music and they would say, What are you listening to? And he'd be like, well, I'm listening to, and then kind of like fill in uh, the blank. And they would say, why are you listening to that? Have you heard the words? And he would say, I like the beat. Okay, fast forward 25 years, and I'm driving around with my boys, and they're playing with with the buttons on the radio. We don't have like the... fancy stuff. Uh, just old school radio. And, and occasionally, they'll stop on a song, and one of my boys will go, hey, I like this song. And I'll be like, oh, oh really? Like, have, have you listened to it? And they're like, yeah, I like it. And it's like, why do you like it? And they'll say, I like the beat. And I was like, but have you listened to the words? Like, have you listened to the words of the song? And, and, and they go, no, I just, I just like the beat. And I'm like, well, let's listen to the words of the song together. Because uh, songs, they tell a story. And so let's hear the story um, from this particular song. And so I'll say, hey, Cademan, like, t- what was that line? And he'll repeat the line. And I go, so, so what do you think they're talking about there? And he goes, you can turn it. <laughs> like, like, he doesn't want anything to do with it. This is why, by the way, uh, I'm not any fun to be around. It's because <laughs> my kids hate me. But, uh, but, but, but songs tell stories. Oftentimes we listen to songs because we like the beat. But, but songs tell stories. And so this morning, I want us to think together about a song that we read about in Luke chapter 1. Uh, but I don't want us just to listen to the beat. Uh, I want us to read the words and listen to the story. The story is told by Mary in Luke chapter 1, uh, beginning in verse 46. Luke chapter 1, verse 46. And so if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me there. If you don't have a Bible with you, that's okay. You can follow along on the screen. It says in verse 46, And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant, He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent empty away. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. This morning, I want us to think together about Mary's song, and I want us to to be reminded or to point out five things that her song teaches us today. So five things that Mary's song teaches teaches us today. The first thing that we uh, notice together is that Mary's song is a call to worship God, right? This song is a call to worship God. This is what Mary is doing. She is worshiping God. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. This is Mary's worship song to the Lord. That term magnify means to make bigger, When we think about magnifying the Lord, we're not making God bigger than he already is, but we are um, doing our best to bring into focus who God is. I've heard one pastor talk about it this way. It's the difference between a microscope and and a telescope. A microscope is something that you look through and you see something that is very small, enlarged before your eyes. But a telescope is when we take something that is massive or huge and we bring it into focus. Uh, Mary here, when she talks about magnifying the Lord, she, she wants to bring into focus God. She wants us to to lift up his name. She says, My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Uh, Here, when she talks about my soul and my spirit, Mary is simply saying, Everything within me wants to magnify and bring praise to God. She's not saying, Well, this, this part of me wants to do one thing and this part of me wants to do another thing. She uses uh, what is true in Hebrew poetry to point out that everything within her wants to glorify and magnify God. She, she wants uh, for others to see um, God's goodness in her life. She, she wants to bring him in uh, to focus. When I, when I read this verse, I thought this as a church is the very thing that we want to do. right? We want to point people to Jesus. We want people to see Jesus. We want people's lives to be changed by Jesus. Like John the Baptist one day when he saw Jesus coming and he said, behold, like look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. It's the reason that I love the song that we just sang as a church, Behold Him. Did you stop for a moment to think about the story that's found in that song? He who was before there was light Walked across the pages of time, he who made every living thing behold him, like magnify him, see him, notice him. He who heard humanity's cry, left his throne to wake as a child, he became like the least of us. Behold him. Right? This, this is the gospel story. This song that we sang this morning tells a story just like Mary's song tells a story. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, worthy, worthy, worthy to receive all praise. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, worthy, worthy, worthy to receive all praise. She wants Mary uh, to magnify the Lord. So she says, everything uh, within me wants to point people uh, to him. Mary teaches us in her song uh, to worship God. The second thing that we notice is that Mary's song teaches us uh, to know the Word of God, right? To know the Word of God. Maybe you wouldn't notice just the first time you read through, but if you would start to cross-reference all of the things that Mary speaks or sings in this passage, it would uh, draw your attention back to an Old Testament passage. Uh, if you were to study this passage right here in Luke chapter 1 and begin to pull back the layers, you would find that Mary, this, this little teenage girl, uh, draws our attention back to Psalm 103, Psalm 22, Psalm 44, Psalm 89, Psalm 98, Psalm 147, Psalm 25. She alludes to Hannah's song back in 1 Samuel chapter 2. She references 2 Samuel and Isaiah and Job. In other words, her song is bathed in the scriptures. Bathed in the scriptures. This young teenage girl, think about it for a moment. This young teenage girl, when she wrote this song, to the Lord, had a knowledge of Old Testament scripture. She, she listened to the conversations that may have taken place around her house. She paid attention when she went with God's people and gathered together for worship. She knew the word of God. Listen, someone, this is true of all of us, I don't care if you're, you're 12 or you're 42 or you're 82, there are voices in our lives that are shaping us. There are things that we receive on a daily basis that are used to form and shape our our minds and our hearts. Right? Someone or something is telling you what is beautiful. Someone or something is telling you what is true. Someone or something is telling you what is right. Let this book, let this book shape you so much so that when you speak. You speak Bible, right? This is what Mary did when she wrote this song. This is what, what impresses me when I hear people talk and when I hear people speak, when the words coming out of their mouth are, are Bible, I remember when I was in high school, I came up to my pastor after the service, and I said, uh, I was interested in ministry. I felt like God was, was tugging on my heart, and I felt like he was calling me into full-time ministry. And I, I heard his message on Sunday morning, and I just, man, I was impressed. And so I came up to him, and I said, Dr. Dorenzo, I said, how long did it take you um, to, to put together and to write that message? And he thought for a moment, and he said, 48 years. Right, because he spent time in this book, he was formed and shaped uh, by the Word of God. As a people, we, we should spend time in this book. We should let this book form and shape us. Author Mark Moore, who wrote a book called Core 52, he's a pastor out in Arizona, uh, shared from the Center for Biblical Engagement, they... Um, they did a survey. I don't know how many thousands of people they asked, but their findings were amazing to me. Um, they, they found that people who engaged in the Bible four or more times a week, so four or more times a week engaging in the Word of God, of those people, uh, there were 62% less drunkenness. There, there were 59% less pornography use, 59% less sexual sin, Um, The positive message of Scripture allowed individuals to reduce bitterness by 40%, destructive thoughts by 32%, isolation by 32%, and inability to forgive by 31%, and loneliness by 30%. Now, I know you can—I mean, I read those, and I'm going, how do you, (laughs) like— Part of me goes, like, how do you how do you gauge more or less bitterness? How do you gauge like more? Because I'm a cynic, right? And so I look at those numbers, and I'm like, I don't know if I don't know if you can really buy it. But listen, the reality is, is there is a connection between the Bible and, and it having a positive impact on your life. Right? There, there's a connection between time in this book and how we live. Right? You, you just can't separate the two. And so so if this book is life-changing, if it, if it alters us in some way, if it brings us greater joy or encourage us, encourages us to pursue holiness, or if, if life—and I'm cautious when I say this— but if, if life—if we're able to navigate our way through life more effectively— if we spend consistent time in this book, why, why, why would we as a people not want to spend time in the book? I want to suggest to you that, that Mary knew this book. She knew this book. So her song is teaching us uh, to worship God and to know uh, the word of God. Third, she points out that we should remember our need for God. Remember your need for God. Look at verse 47. Mary says in verse 47, my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. I want you to notice those two words, my Savior. Mary, Mary, this young godly girl, recognized her need for a Savior. In other words, she operated in such a way where she thought that that it it wasn't just up to her to figure life out. That she needed someone outside of herself uh, to come and to rescue her. Do you realize that you need someone outside of yourself to rescue you. I don't care how smart you are, how gifted you are, how talented you are. It doesn't matter where you went to school or college or what side of the tracks you grew up on. You cannot save yourself. Just just think about like yesterday. And and in your mind, go through your day. How How did you navigate your way through conversations? What were the things that you thought about that nobody knows about? How did you interact with your son or with your daughter, with your husband, with your wife, with your neighbor? I mean, I, just, I was just cycling through that this morning, and I'm going, holy smokes, right? Like, I need someone outside of myself to rescue me. I cannot figure it out on my own. I am broken. I'm broken. We are a needy, needy people. I know that we live in suburbia, like I know that we're pretty sharp and fairly successful. We are stinking desperate. We're desperate, man. And I hope as we walk with the Lord, our awareness of our own desperation increases and doesn't decrease. As we get older, it's not like we figure everything out and don't don't need the Lord anymore. It's just the opposite. Right? God teaches us things as we get older and walk with him that we did not even see before. And I remember when I was 22 years old and I kind of thought, once I get married, I'm not going to have any struggles anymore. Oh, I was wrong. I was wrong. Man, I'm so desperate for Jesus. I need a Savior. Mary realized her need for a Savior. Not... Only are we taught through this song to remember our need for God or to remember our need for a Savior, but we should be encouraged and challenged uh, to give thanks to God. Uh, look, look at Mary's words in verses 46 through 49. She specifically, in essence, is giving thanks to God for the work uh, in her life. She says, My soul magnifies the Lord, my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant, for behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Mary is, is giving thanks to God for the work that he has done in her heart and in her life. Um, is, your, is your life marked by thanksgiving? I mean, is it, is it marked by thanksgiving? Do you, do you wake up in the morning and go, God, like, thank you. Thank you. Um, a week ago, our elders went away just for, for a night to, to pray and to plan. Uh, we, we wanted to, to, to pray together as a group. We wanted to think together some about 2020. We wanted to look at our, our vision as a church and, and how we move toward that as a church and just go, hey, how, like, how are we doing? Like We want to point people to Jesus we want people to encounter the life-transforming power of the Word of God. We, we want people to experience community with one another. We want our folks to be known. We want to have a culture. We want to establish a culture of joyful service, where when we get to serve, it's our joy. Like, how cool that we get to serve the God who made us, that we get to serve his people. And then we want to engage all people. Like, we want to engage the folks here in these walls, but we want to look at our community and our world and go, God, like, send us. Like, send us out. Like, we want to to move out. We want to be missional. We want to be on the move. And so we just got together, and we said, like, how are we doing? How are we doing? But before we did all that, we just spent time in prayer, and we thanked God for everything that he had done the, the past year. We're, we're just, we're just thinking, as, as the Lord brought to mind things that we were grateful for, we just said, God, like, thank you. Like, thank you for this new place. Like, thank you that we get an opportunity to come and to gather here. God, thank you that you've sustained us over the last year through all of the changes that took place as a church. God, thank you you've been so gracious and kind to us. God, thank you that you've sent... Uh, people, that you've sent leaders, that you've sent families our way that are calling Christ's point home. God, thank you for the opportunity to come alongside of them. This is, this is the way that I believe that God calls us to live as a people, is just to be a people who give thanks for the work that God has done. But let me tell you, um, sometimes, at least for me, that can be challenging. And it can be challenging because I can think about and dwell on and consider uh, everything that I don't have that I want to have. So I, so I can look out here and go, I want to be here. And I feel like we're here. And maybe God moved us here. But I want to be here. But we're here. And it's so easy for me to go, God, I want to be here. And, and I do this in church. I do this in, in, I mean, every area of life, practically. It's so easy to go, ah, like, thanks for that, but I really want that. I think about Mary. Mary heard the word from the angel, like, hey, you're going to be Jesus's, like, mom. You're going to give birth to the Savior of the world. And it's, you would think, easy in that time to go, Lord, thank you for this great work that you have done. But, but don't forget, like, I mean, Mary's in a small community She's not married at the time. There, there's gonna be some questions that people ask around town. I mean, she's gonna be telling this story to her friends, and they're gonna go, hold hold on one thing. Let, I wanna make sure I have this right. Right, so so the savior of the world, your yours mama. Right? And you you haven't been with, with Joseph, right? Oh, no, no, Vir- Virgin, Virgin Mary, that's me. I mean, just, just imagine, like, I mean, if they had social media back in the day, there's going to be haters. There's going to be folks going, ah, oh, I don't think so. So in other words, like Mary could have walked away from that conversation and, and dwelled on and thought about all of the problems and the questions that were coming her way. And yet she didn't do that. She just remembered all of the things that she had to be thankful for. And she worshiped God and gave thanks for the way that he was working in her heart and in her life. We as a people should be a people full of gratitude. So remember to give thanks. Um, Lastly, remember the ways Of God. Remember the ways of God. How God has dealt with his people in the past gives us confidence in how he will deal with us in the future. Right? When we look back and and we go, okay, this is the track record, this is how God has moved, this is how God has responded, this is how he has acted throughout all of human history. When we find ourselves here, like today, right now, and we're wondering, God, how are you going to respond? What are you up to? Do you see what's taking place? We can look back throughout human history and go, God, I see how you've moved and how you have acted historically. It reminds me a lot of my uh, least favorite basketball player growing up, uh, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. I was not a big MJ fan. I will break up the student section. We We already lost one. That's right, there's more to come. Like, I was a Detroit Pistons fan. I love the Detroit Pistons. And there there came a point in time when the Detroit Pistons always, always, always lost to Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. It would drive me nuts, but it got worse because not only would he beat and the Bulls beat the Pistons, they would beat anyone and everyone they played. It got to the point where there would be a game on television and the Bulls would be losing and there'd be less than a minute left. And I don't care what the score was. I'm like, I'm not going to watch it. I know how this is going down. Like, they're going to come back. He's going to hit the shot. I've seen it a million times. And sure enough, he would get the ball. They'd be down by a point. He'd dribble. He'd push the guy off. He'd make the basket. And the Bulls would win. It happened all the time. Watch the, watch the tape. All the time. But, but there was such a history of it happening time and time and time again. There was this part of me where I was like, I know how this is going to play out in a real positive way. Like we can look at how God has worked historically and say, hey, I know how this is going to play out. Look at what Mary says in verse 50. And in his mercy, uh, and his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He's shown strength with his arm and He scattered the proud and the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things. And the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. And so Mary is remembering of the work of the Lord. Remember that God has extended historically mercy. He has uh, been incredibly kind throughout human history. God has acted injustice. He has graciously met the needs of his people. He remembers his kids. This is uh, the God that we know and love and worship. So listen, Christ's point, listen. Uh, Worship, worship God. Worship God. Know the word of God. Remember uh, that you and I desperately need God. Give thanks uh, to God and remember uh, the ways of God of God.